0: ladies and gentlemen, it's a Baggies Broadcast Season 3, Episode 29. I'm Luke Hatfield and as ever I'm joined by the one, the only, Westbourne correspondent, the Express and Star, Joe Massey. Joe, how are you doing?
1: I'm alright my friend, I'm very well, thank you. How are you getting on?
0: I'm okay, I'm a little bit tired today.
1: Oh, why, well, you been busy.
0: Um, busy? Busy would be a strange way to put it. Let's just say i stayed up a little bit too late playing a bit too much FIFA. Um, uh, regretting hit, that decision, man. but for those who do know FIFA, I was playing in the pro clubs mode, so you play as one player, and uh, me and a bunch of mates had to like fight for the title. Basically, what West Bromwich Albion have been doing all season, uh, and we managed to win it. So it was worth staying up till about half two to do, but I'm paying for it. I'm paying for it today.
1: Is that an actual achievement? Is it? I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about.
0: Those listening who play FIFA will know how much of an achievement it is. Right. Uh, I'm basically, I'm basically in a Pereira role. Um, oh, nice! My player is a central attacking midfielder, but I tell you what, I'm basically box to box at this point, like I'm up and down constantly.
1: You're combining the attributes of Pereira and Livermore. Exactly. And what a player!
0: The Hatfield hybrid. <laughs> the
1: Hatfield, the Hatfield hybrid is worth about 120 million.
0: Oh mate, I, I'm telling you, I'm uh, that's how much I should that's be worth in the game. Um but yeah I'm a little bit tired. I've been doing a lot of work as well. Uh I think I mentioned in the previous podcast I've been doing like gardening work.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too, pal.
0: Oh mate, it's absolutely grim. I've got twenty five bin bags full of like dead turf. Nice. I've got to take it all to the tip. It's just gonna be such an effort. What have you been up to?
1: Um similar team mate really just um not, not, not a great deal outside of working and just of like, looking after the little ones and doing a bit of gardening. Really, it's strange because like, I'm sitting now in my front room. I've got a hoodie on. Like it's absolutely glorious sunshine outside, but I haven't left this room, so I don't, I don't really like feel like it's hot or anything. Or do you know what I mean? You're just mm. cracking on, aren't we? Um, so it's bank holiday Monday. Done very, very well. Just not, not left my computer screen so far. But um, yeah, hopefully do a bit get out, there, get out and go to the park or something a little bit later on. I mean. I've uh, just want it to, like, surely, surely, by the end of this month, start of June, something's going to give, isn't it? And we can have a bit more freedom. I'm desperate for a bit more freedom, I am.
0: I mean, if politicians are out driving, where? are yeah,
1: They can do what they want, can <laughs> not they?
0: Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, that was pretty special. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to make this a political podcast, so no. I'm not going to do it. Uh, also,
1: we don't know what's going to come out in the next, like, five... We're recording this at 2.30 on Monday. The next five hours, some statement could be made that... uh who knows what's going to be said? So I think we're better off avoiding that issue. Yeah,
0: probably. <laughs> if old
1: Boris and his advisors.
0: Yeah, um, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, one thing lockdown has done for me, you all know, them tasks you kind of put off when you, when you know you have your missus ask you to do this, or you know you need something that's been just sat in like a, a in a cupboard that needs doing, you know, just like hanging up. I don't know, like a, a shelf. Have you been? The garden was a big one for me. Are there any tasks that you've been kind of? forced to get involved in now that the lockdown's here
1: it's the God, same as you mate garden garden for me um I mean, we're lucky to have a garden aren't we let's be honest mm. i mean i can't imagine lockdown without a garden i mean it would have been an absolute it would have been so tough with like little ones especially so yeah but like my little girl she'll just dig if she says, you say she's going to go out and do some digging she doesn't even care what she's digging she just <laughs> wants to dig give her a little shovel she'll sit there for a good hour dig 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 <laughs> passes the time mate passes the time. <laughs>
0: I mean, what do you do? Do you give her, like, an end goal? Do you want to dig to Australia? Is that what you say normally?
1: She normally just um, tells me she's going to dig for treasure and then digs long enough until she finds, like, a stone or something. You know what you should do?
0: You should actually bury some treasure. Not, like, expensive treasure.
1: Some, like, little gold coins or something. Like, little, like, plastic gold coins. We got some of that from, like, a little toy treasure chest. Exactly that. Yeah, a little face should be overjoyed.
0: Do a little treasure map and everything. I mean, I tell you what—I'm not a parent, but I'd—I'd I'd be a brilliant parent. You'd be a great parent. <laughs> shall we? Shall we talk about West Bromwich Albion Football Club?
1: Yeah, let's crack on. The
0: reason people are actually here.
1: Yeah, we don't need to hear about our garden antics, mate.
0: No, they definitely don't. <laughs> um, right, okay. So the big, the big news, I suppose, which you know has come out recently, and the big talking point, uh, especially regarding the championship, is is details about this EFL vote and the fact that. Clubs now are, are essentially, you know, going to be putting their hands up or leaving them down um, regarding a potential return to action. How, How do, do Albion you know, stand on that matter, Joe?
1: Um, well, they start, as it's as they are voting to play as it stands if this vote goes ahead. So there's a lot to say here. Um, so bear with me, and I might get in a muddle because it is a, it is a confusing topic. But so first and foremost. Um, the EFL is proposing a rule change and the, the actual document, the EFL rules, their rule book, if you like, mm. they want to change and they want to make an amendment to that book. And for that to happen, for any amendment to that book to take place, there has to be a majority of all 71 EFL clubs. So if they want to add a rule into their book to say, shall we have a vote on whether to, or not to end the season, they basically have to have a vote to allow that vote to take place, to change the rules in the first place. Mm. But I think we can pretty much take it as a given that that initial vote will be passed, um, basically because League Two and League One, by and large, are in favour of curtailing their season. So it looks like that rule will be changed. um, And then it looks like there could be... Well, we'll just say there could... And then there's a good chance there will be a meeting where all Championship clubs are represented and... um, There'll be a vote, a simple vote, shall we curtail the season and shall we end the season on points per game, um, which in the championship is basically the, the table as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's played 37 games, um, there's, there's basically no difference, um, it's just basically ending it as, as, as the table is now. So Albin have come out, Mark Jenkins has come out today, we we did the story towards the end of last week saying they will vote to play on. Um now, that's an interest, That's interesting because basically if they don't vote to play on, if the season was to be curtailed, they would be promoted. They'd be in the Premier League um, and they would have achieved their season goal. So essentially you have to look at it. Like, there's no dispute in it. They would basically be putting at risk promotion.
0: Mm, it's a massive shout that, isn't yeah. it?
1: It's an absolutely massive shout. But there's numerous reasons why... So first, I think we need to discuss the reasons why, at this moment in time, they're voting to play on. And then I just want to touch on what I think could potentially happen further down the line. Mm. So, the reason why Albion are saying they want to play on is basically because they're in a very, very, very strong position, both on and off the field. First and foremost... um, so. In the Premier League, for example, we're just, just drifting slightly. Mm-hmm. The reason why all Premier League clubs want to play on is because with the broadcast revenue they'll receive, with the sponsorship revenue they'll receive, and with the commercial income they'll receive, it's actually they will be financially better off from playing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those three factors mean it's, it's worth their while playing those games. It's a completely different story in the Championship where the broadcast revenue is obviously nowhere near as high. I mean, nowhere near as high and the sponsorship and commercial income also aren't as high. However, Albion, let's be honest, if Sky are going to show some championship games, the next, any of the next nine championship games, mm-hmm. it's highly, highly likely Albion will be chosen. You'd imagine pretty much the only games they're going to choose really are going to involve Leeds, Albion and maybe Fulham. Um, and maybe charlton at the bottom end yeah, yeah. um so fine so that's that's a positive for albion the second positive is that they they believe they'll go up quite rightly so um first and foremost they've been by far enough well you should say it's the moral thing to do isn't it it's the honorable thing to do is to play on yeah um uh, be it's, the, it's, like, it's it is the honourable thing to do to play on. So one, they want to do it because it's the honourable thing. Two, they want to do it because they're going to be chosen for Sky Games. There's no doubt about it. They will be. The chances are they're going to receive a lot more money than other clubs in the division. Mm. On the pitch, they've been fantastic this season. They've been abs- Like I think everyone in their heart of hearts knows that, believes that Leeds and Albion are the two best sides in the division, and they deserve to go up, and they probably will go up. I think Albion would go up if they were played their remaining nine games in front of packed crowds and if everything had just carried on as it was, but the fact that they're not going to play those games in front of four crowds, I mean I think we've seen from the Bundesliga that games have lost their competitive edge that that they're not as intense yeah. um, without crowds there, main for teams that haven't got anything riding on it. Um, so I think we've seen like home advantage is completely gone um, in the Bundesliga because mm. there's no crowds there. And you just think that with Albion's desire to win promotion, with the quality they've got in their squad, when they come up against mid-table sides with little to play for, I think they'll, they'll, they will they'll win those games. Um, and obviously that will eventually see them go on to win promotion. So there's another reason why they can vote to play. Another reason why they sh- they're going to vote to play is because that's what the EFL want. I think only Hull, really, have come out publicly and said that they would vote to stop. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be a great PR move, really, to say they were going to vote to stop? They wouldn't win any friends for it. Um, and we all know why Hull have voted would vote to stop, because they're falling like a stone. Um, and then on top of that, finally, 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 back to finances, really... And then financially, they are so stable. They are one of the most well-run clubs in the division. They haven't had to furlough any staff. They haven't had to ask players for any wage deferrals. They are on incredibly solid ground. So everything is set up for them to go on and win promotion. Everything is in place. There's there's nothing more they really need to do it. So Mm -hmm. you think it's what the EFL want them to do. It's the honourable thing to do. And there would be no disputing it if Albion won promotion on the field. But look, if the season is curtailed, there's going to be some sort of... You'd imagine there's going to be some sort of legal challenge somewhere. Whoever loses out is going to kick up a fuss. Mm. And maybe it will just be Charlton and it won't really affect Albion anyway, but who knows how it's going to go in the courts. And if Albion do win promotion on the field, it's game over then, isn't it? They're, they're, they're this up and they're sorted. No one could really dispute that. So, um. They're all the reasons why they are saying, that they, or why they plan to vote um, in favour of playing.
0: Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I suppose Albion are, are saying and doing all the right things at the moment, whether you look at it from uh, a sport and integrity um, side, which a lot of fans... I think are they'll they'll see that West Brom, even though they're in the position they're in, whether it's an incredibly strong position to be in, regardless. Of, I think, of you're sat in the top two. Either way it goes, they're pretty confident they're going to go up. But saying and doing um, the right things and saying yes will play out the season. Uh, it comes across great, doesn't it? And to be fair, it's it's kind of um, a vibe which Albion have hit very well since the start of this lockdown saying and doing the right thing and I'm not saying it in terms of they're just saying it they've been standing up throughout this whole lockdown haven't they whether you look at it from a a player perspective uh, a management perspective or a charitable perspective
1: yeah they're a club that tries to do the right thing Um, and we've seen that we have I mean we kind of always knew that but the coronavirus pandemic really has sort of put like hammered that home really hasn't it I mean we've seen right from the very top Mark Jenkins he's taken he's, he's not receiving a salary so he won't receive a salary for as long as the country's in lo- lockdown so Albion can save money there we've seen with all the charitable work just I mean the stories of I mean some of the stories have just been absolutely incredible one about Peter George in particular waking up from his coma after receiving messages from Albion legends and Slavon Bilic and Chris Brunt and the like And. Um, mm working with Samuel council to deliver food and create food parcels and Chris Brunt going out to deliver food parcels with his kids I mean they do always try and do things the right way Albion and that they are and and that is absolutely and that is fantastic um it's absolutely fantastic but I think the the, the bottom line is they're in a, like you said they're in a very very fortunate position because a they're in such a strong position on the field and they've got such a great manager and they've got such good championship players Mm. um but b and this is going to come down to finances now and that's what we need to go into really is yesterday we was announced i can't remember how many It was 1000 odd coronavirus tests in the championship and only two came back as positive so in terms of that side of the game things are moving pretty well Mm. um but what we understand is that to play these remaining nine games is going to cost a club in the region of £1.2 million. So I've actually spoken to the Shrewsbury chief executive because we co- have to cover other clubs in this job as well when people are off and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, we co- and he told me that Shrewsbury, to play their remaining games is going to cost them half a million. So I don't know how much it's going to cost Albion exactly, but it's been reported the average for a championship club is £1.2 million. It might be more for Albion because they've got a much high a high wage bill, they pay a, like they've got one of the higher wage bills in the in the division. So mm. it's going to cost them an awful lot of money, but that's money Albion can almost they can cope with that. Just like they've coped with not furloughing staff, just like they've coped with not deferring player wages, they can cope with it. So that's they're just so immensely strong at all, in all angles. Really, I mean, it, and Mark Jenkins in particular, they deserve so much credit for that. To be to be to be to have everything that has happened when we're talking about football clubs potentially going bust, when we're talking about all the everything that's going on, to be in this commanding position on and off the field, they just deserve immense, immense credit for. But this is going if this does come down to a vote, you have to look everywhere else. And that's
0: um, what was, that was what I was gonna say, because you mentioned you're right to mention finances and Albion are in a strong financial position and as you said, it's gonna cost over a million pounds on average for these clubs to you know finish off the season which is all well and good for your, you know your Fulhams, your West Broms, your Leeds United um, but you look further down the table you look at say a, a Barnsley, a Luton, a Charlton um, a whole city even I mean and elsewhere are they really gonna wanna foot that bill and then you've got these clubs in the middle of the table as well who probably aren't gonna change for the playoffs aren't really at risk of relegation. Are they going to want to spend the money finishing off a season which in all fairness to them they don't have a lot to play for and yes I know you could say you know for sporting integrity it makes sense to finish the season but every club rightly or wrongly you know has has to look after themselves here as well and if it ends up with clubs struggling financially for an extended period of time afterwards they'd argue that it's not in the best interests of the league
1: to, to carry on yeah I mean the starting point is the one, let's say it's 1.2 million on average that clubs are going to have to pay to finish the season that 1.2 million is on top of the losses they have already made mm. football hasn't we haven't played football since March that clubs have taken a massive 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 financial hit they then have to take an extra 1.2 million pounds by playing football there's a million other, other issues they have to deal with they have to deal with Player contracts. They're going to have to pay players who... Contracts were due to expire on June 30, but now they're going to have to carry on paying those contracts until Mm -hmm. whatever point the season ends. Loan fees. I don't know about loan fees. I don't know if I've been about to pay more money to extend the loans of Dean Gardner and Robinson. But the way football is, there will be loan deals where you do have to pay more. Clubs will be asking for more money for those players. So that's an issue that's going to have to be resolved. Players who don't want to play... Um, we know up and down the country dressing rooms are mixed that's at every single club there are players who have got concerns there's been some obviously very vocal about it Troy Deeney for example Kante mm. at Chelsea I think Tammy Abraham the same um, but that it's, it's another issue that's going to have to be resolved in the Bundesliga um, all teams are staying in quarantine hotels um, for like 6-7 weeks however much that costs from what I read something today that those costs are between £7,000 and £12,000 a day. Um, that's
0: mental, when you think about it.
1: Absolutely mental. Like, that's how much it costs for the rooms and to feed all those people. You've got to feed all those people. So there is so much... There's so much here to resolve. And in League One, League Two, it's almost a no-brainer because they can't afford it. Mm-hmm and that's why League 2 has been curtailed and that's why League 1 by and large with the exception of pretty much Peterborough Ipswich and Sunderland who have gone a bit rogue um, everyone in League 1 wants to end it as well mm. the problem in the championship is you've got clubs who big hitters like Albion like Leeds like Fulham who let's be honest they're Premier League sides aren't they um, yeah. the, the Premier League stature and you've got in, Le- in and you've got with the greatest respect Wigan Luton Barnsley who are like sort of League 1 sides really like almost they've they've got a lot more in common with League 1 sides they've got a lot more in common with sides at the top of League 1 than they have with sides mid-table in the Premier League Mm. Um, and all these costs are just are starting to spiral out of control so it's interesting it's really really interesting because I I don't know how these teams are going to vote and I don't know what they i don't i don't know how they're going to vote and what they're thinking and, and and everything we hear is that the the consensus is to play on that the majority that the the majority want to play on um but i'm really really maybe it is the majority but i'm i'm really really skeptical um about that and i've i've looked at it so the the teams the five teams above the relegation zone are Stoke, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, Wigan and Hull. Well, we, well, Hull have already come out and said they want to, want it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, those other four teams, Stoke, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough and Wigan, are going to be the same. They will definitely vote to end. They've got absolutely nothing to gain from playing on. Absolutely nothing to gain. Um, Redding, I think Reddin, Sheffield, Wednesday and Blues, they are the probably the only teams in the division that you could actually say are properly in mid-table mediocrity yeah
0: um,
1: they, they're not going up they're not going down I mean there's, you never know with Blues because there's always something going on with them in the background but
0: I'm not just, sure financially they'd want to continue
1: and financially would they want to yeah exactly so if, if we just say, only, I don't know if, what, how they'd vote. I really, really don't. But you can make, basically, you can very much make a case for the five I mentioned. Stoke, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, Wigan and Hull not playing. Mm. They probably, you can pretty much categorically say they'll all vote to end. Then you've got the, mid, the mid-table sides, which you can understand why they wouldn't want to play on. Because no one in League 1 or League 2 wants to play on if they've got nothing to play for. So maybe Red and Sheffield, Wednesday and Blues would be the same. So then you're on eight teams. Right. Mm. Now...
0: You need 13 for a majority.
1: You need 13 for a majority. You look at Brentford, Forest and Preston in the playoffs. Vote to end, they get their playoff spot. Yeah. yeah. They are, all of them, are more likely to be caught than they're going to catch Albion and Leeds. Yeah. yeah. They're much closer to seventh than they are to second in the table. hmm So, and this is where it gets really, really, really interesting... I've made a legitimate case for all those teams, haven't I? You can understand what I'm saying now. You can understand why why those teams might all vote to end. That's 11 teams.
0: I mean, you're pretty close to a majority.
1: Well, if you add in Leeds and Albion, you're there. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, it could come down to Leeds and Albion holding the cards as to whether they go up without playing the ball or not kicking the ball again or not mm. um, which I think is an absolutely remarkable scenario and I think it's very possible for all the noises coming out that there's a consensus and that teams want to play on I'm not sure I'm really not sure um, and I might be wrong they all might want to play and the vote might be whatever it might be Five teams against playing on, and the rest want to play. Seventeen want to play, but I don't know. I think it's going to be close. Um, I think it's going to be really, really close.
0: And I think the, the big question as well: when when would this vote be happening? Do we do we know when this meeting might be?
1: No, we don't, which is frustrating because nothing seems to be happening quick. It, like progress is be, its difficult because no one knows how things are going to be with coronavirus in a week's time, in two weeks' time, in three weeks' time, and. Mm. But it, the, I keep saying this: the EFL are holding their meetings, the Premier League are holding their meetings, and every time they hold their meetings, a little bit of progress is made. The it's problem frustra- is, it's, it's frustrating with it's some of these such meetings. Such because they issue a statement
0: pro- afterwards, and it almost, its almost as if they've said, "Well, we've had a chat, and we're kind of where we were last week."
1: Yeah, we're a little bit. We've taken a couple of steps forward. They do. There is progress. There is. There's when when these meetings come out. There's always a story to write. There's always. There's been a step in the right direction. The problem is that that step is is small. It is a small step, mm. um, which is understandable. Um, I absolutely hate using the word unprecedented because all you're doing hear it all the time at the minute. But this is a situation that no one has been in before. There's a lot at stake. We don't know what's going to happen with the virus. I mean, if there was to be a second spike, then it's all pretty much over anyway, isn't it? Mm. So you can understand the caution, you can understand the time, but we are running out of time. Um, So the vote could happen and if it does, uh, well, I don't know, I think it could be very, 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 very close.
0: It'd be interesting. I don't know which... If you're West Brom, you sit there and you think for sporting integrity or do you think we should kind of help our fellow clubs out? But then I suppose... You're helping some clubs, but at the same time you're you casting others to relegation, aren't you, with, with the likes of Charlton?
1: What I would say about sport integrity is, um, it's gone. The, the, the integrity of the competition is gone. They've had, they've had a longer gap now than they have for, for pre-season, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so any momentum any team had is completely gone. And, and, and you ask Sloven Bilic, you ask anyone in football, football is about momentum he Slavin says it based honestly every press conference Slavin basically says along the lines of I don't care where they are in the table I care about where they are in the form table Mm -hmm. Um, because momentum is massive it spirals and spirals and spirals and on top of that The format of the games has completely changed. They're going to be behind closed doors. There's not going to be any fans there. The atmosphere is going to be non-existent. That is going to have a massive impact on the game. There are going to be players who don't want to play. Um, That's a fact. There are going to be players who are out of contract and are worried about going into tackles. Um, That's a fact. Um, And and this is a very, 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 very minor point, but Mm. everyone's pretty much going to have a fully fit squad when they come back which you don't have for the last 9 games of the season. No one has that. Everyone has injuries and so, so the integrity the league is gone. The integrity of the league is gone. It, there's no point in trying to say that if you play 46 games this season it's a normal championship season. Things mm. have just picked up where they left off. It just simply hasn't. Um so is that another reason to end it? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But for me, the integrity argument doesn't sit anymore. It's it's long gone. Long gone.
0: It'll be an interesting vote. I tell you what, some plenty of a uh, plenty of interest when that statement comes out. I'm sure. Um, elsewhere, Albion news-wise, um, and, and last little bit on, I suppose, the coronavirus. Um, you mentioned the tests. Only two have come back positive from the entire. Um, is it the entirety of the EFL or is it just a championship
1: that was just a championship mm.
0: um, um, but Albion all clear
1: Albion all clear yeah so obviously the League 1 and League 2 clubs with the situation they're in in terms of being on the brink of Kiteo in their season they haven't been tested yet mm. again because of money it's £140,000 to carry out the tests um, which was a big reason why they decided to vote to Kiteo, or will vote to or. yeah um, so championship clubs are the only ones that have done it so obviously in Premier League um, tested twice a week um, yeah and f- from the first round only two I think both came from Hull mm. um, which raised a few eyebrows but I mean
0: I mean if you start accusing wow. teams of of intentionally listing tests as positive even though I'm pretty sure they'd probably be done independently um, I mean you get into silly, silly conjecture at that point I think it,
1: yeah, I'm absolutely sure, and, and and we saw from the Premier League when they they had two sets of tests now, and it came down on the second time, didn't it? So mm. I think that side of things will be um, will be fine, you know. I think they'll be. It looks like everything is going in the right direction there. Um, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come down to money, and I think like for example, just going overall ground really, but it's going to be teams like Cardiff who at this vote who are going to be they've still got. A, a shot at the playoffs. They're still they're still in the sh- in with a shout. Um, but you think they know they're gonna think Leeds and Albion are going up. Mm. They're gonna everyone thinks Leeds and Albion are going up, and then you've got one promotion spot left.
0: Would you have to do through the playoffs as well? Would Cardiff Which, back themselves against a Fulham or a Brentford?
1: Would they A back themselves to get in and B then win them? Um I don't know if it would I don't know if it would Blackburn same position really Mm. Blackburn and Swansea probably better examples three points off the playoffs Um, but Swansea for example would have to overcome Blackburn, Cardiff, Millwall and Bristol City just to get to seventh Mm. Um, there's so many teams above them even if they're just three points off the playoffs so yeah I mean um, I mean look maybe it's just me maybe I'm going overboard but I'm fascinated by this potential vote um, and I think it could be I personally think it could be the season over but I don't know what do you think What do you, am I getting too carried away with it do you
0: think I don't know it's such a tough one isn't it I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in there absolutely love that um, I can see I, I think the teams you pointed out, you know, them five above the relegation spots, I think Blues have kind of made signals already. Um, they've kind of announced that they're releasing some players already um, when their contracts are up. I think that is as, you know, stark a warning as you can get from a club that they don't really care about finishing the season if they're willing to release players before they've even said whether the season's continuing or not. Um, but. I think he's going to be close. I don't think you can call it.
1: you look at like Preston. I'm looking at the table now. Preston have lost four of the last five games and a one point in the playoffs. I mean, they're voting to end, aren't they?
0: I think so. But then again, can you take form into account at this point? Because I tell you what, watching some of the Bundesliga commentary, they were talking about players who had three goals in the last four games. (laughs) Three of them games were, were pretty much in... In the winter, <laughs> you yeah, yeah, you can't be taking form into account for that. I mean, it was absolutely mad, but I don't know. It would be a close call, Joe. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to have to call it. If if you if you're making me make a decision, I think the season's ended.
1: Oh dear.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you've talked me round to it. Um, I think there are teams right now who would probably. Keep good press on their side by saying, "Yeah, we'd like to finish the season." But if push comes to shove and they look at the finances and they're made to to tick a box, I think I think they save the money.
1: I think the the key to it all, and I don't know the answer to this unfortunately, is whether or not it's a secret ballot. Um, mm. I think if it was a secret ballot, I mean I am massively sitting on the fence. I, I I do I just my opinion rather boringly is I think this vote is going to be damn close. That's my opinion. Um and I think it could I think it could be one vote this way, one vote the other way. Mm. Um but I think that the fact that we're even talk about it in that context is quite um was quite significant really and is is very very interesting. Mm. Um, and just fascinating. To, it's just, I think it's just Puts every, everything's on a knife edge for me and I just—I think I find, I do find that fascinating and I can't, I can't say otherwise I really do here's
0: a question for you you're, if, if you were Mark Jenkins you've said over the past few weeks how are going to play the season out we want to play the season out you're told on the day that it's a secret vote the news will never break no one will ever know who voted for what what do you vote for
1: I would, if I was Mark Jenkins in that situation, or if I was in Mark Jenkins in any situation, it wouldn't change it for me. I would vote not to play. Now I know people are saying like they're proud of their club and this, that, and the other, and 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 they're doing the right thing, and I get all that, and I love all that. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not. You want to be a good person, don't you? You want to do the right thing, like mm. you'd absolutely desperately do. But my. Nathan Judah said this on the video before we recorded it actually on Friday and I, I stole his point for the video but if the first game back West Brom lose it and Fulham win it and the gap is three points are we having a different conversation?
0: You're worried then aren't you?
1: We did a poll on the website I think where it was 55% voted to play on our Albion fans I think a thousand people took part and fifty-five percent said play on, and forty-five said end it. But oh no, of course, cool. right, It's a big but if they were to lose the first game and Fulham were to win it. But if that was to happen, what would the percentage be then? I think it'd be very. It, 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 at the very least, it would those percentages would flip around, wouldn't they?
0: Oh, for sure. Um, you do wonder as well that first game. Say, say, Abin were to lose and Fulham were to to win. But say, Mateus Pereira pulls a hamstring because, let's face it, players aren't going to be match fit and he's out for four weeks.
1: Yeah. Or even like, I don't know, like, they're just rusty. So there's a ball over the top and Carl Bartley misses the header. Someone runs in and just taps it in. And then, Shemi Ajayi is like a little bit out of position and another striker runs in behind and, Curls a worldie into the bottom corner. like You, you just don't know, do you? Like, it could happen. Like and It's football. It's a championship. Anything can happen. Mm. Um, I don't know. I've, look, I know it's not morally right. And I hate taking a, a stance that isn't morally right, but I, I would just get up if it was me.
0: You've got to wonder as well whether... You know, you've got to think about it. And you shouldn't have to think this way. You've got to think, who are other clubs looking after? They're not looking after... You know, they're not doing it for the integrity of the competition. You know, them teams above the, the bottom, the, you know, the relegation places, they're not thinking, oh, but it'll be sporting, it'll be right in the sporting stature to go and play the games. They're thinking of themselves and, rightly or wrongly, you can't blame them for it. So I, I'd be tempted to agree with you, Joe.
1: And I, I know Leeds, I can't believe Leeds wouldn't vote to end it now. They,
0: they've been out of the Premier League for so long,
1: and I mean, their chief exec came out and said, like, we want to play on. But, I mean, come on. Like, they've basically given, thrown everything they can to get up financially last two years. They've given, they're paying Bielsa an absolute packet. I don't care. I don't think Bielsa is this, like, football god that everyone makes out he is. But what I do think is that if Leeds didn't have him, they wouldn't be in the top two. Probably not the top six. Like, there's, there's no doubt. Like, I don't think he's one of the great. I don't think he's Sir Alex Ferguson, but I do think he is an incredibly good manager. And if he was to go in the summer because Leeds didn't go up, then who are they going to get? Who are they going to get to replace him? Yeah, how do you follow that up? How do you follow that up? It's a bit like. Yeah, it's just. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, I mean, again, I'm, saying I'm repeating myself, but I can't, I mean, we don't even know the vote's going to happen, but i tell you what, if it does happen, I'm going to be up on the edge of my seat, I really am, and, I it's, I just, and I'd love to know how each club votes, I really, really would, whether we'd find out or not, but I think it's fascinating.
0: Oh, it, it certainly is. Um, right, one bit of Albion news, not coronavirus related, so to speak. Rayhan Tulloch, um, can the baggies tie him down? Um, and I suppose another big question is are other clubs interested in him
1: um, yeah so we know other clubs are interested in him um, we're pretty confident that Rangers made a move for him in January mm. um, to sign him this summer once his contract has expired obviously it'd be for a minimal fee because Scotland's abroad apparently Yeah. Um, so we know he's got other interested clubs What we've what we've heard what I've been told is that Contract talks are at an advanced stage. Um, we know he's rejected one deal with the club already.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Albion have gone back. They've made a second offer. For everything around it is supposed to be very, very positive. Um, and it'll be a written offer very soon. He will basically have that contract in front of him. And all he will have to do is pick up a pen and put his name on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, I'm told that's the stage we're at. We keep getting with um, Tullock. Little stories on these news websites. Sort of... You know, these ones that round up news um, that this person's interested or that person's interested. Some random club in Spain, some wherever. I mean, a few big, a few English clubs as well, to be fair. Um, but what, what I always say this, I've said this on the podcast before. As um, one journalist in particular, but I won't name his name because that's, that's, not, that's not right really. But if you do a bit of research, it won't be hard to work out. I never, ever, ever really trust stories or tweets from reporters when they list multiple clubs. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say they'll put something out like West Brom, Leeds, Fulham, Brentford and Nottingham Forest are all interested in signing Luke Hatfield, yeah?
0: I mean, mean, they are.
1: They are. are, And you're going to do a cracking job for them um, in the catering department because you're so obsessed with food. Um,
0: Oh, whoa, whoa. We just (laughs) said I was a Hatfield hybrid here. I'm basically Pereira and Livermore combined.
1: That's true, yeah. You're going you just you're just peaked late, haven't you?
0: Yeah, too late. I mean, I'm not even in a shout with an England caller, but thirty, am I?
1: And you notice know, him at the ENS and take the championship by storm. <laughs> um, but yeah, when when someone says a tweet like that, that tends to be agent leaked. So mm-hmm. there's no way that journalist has rung leads and gone. You interested in Luke Hatfield and leads are gone. Yeah, and then he's rung. <laughs> West Brom and gone, you interested in Luke Hatfield? And they've gone, yeah. And then the ring Fulham, and go, are you interested in Luke Hatfield? Yeah. <laughs> so that just hasn't happened. That conversation hasn't happened. So if, that, if a journalist says, I, I know that West Brom are interested in signing Luke Hatfield, the fact that there's one club there, one player, that's, I would say that was pretty solid.
0: Mm.
1: When they're listing four or five clubs, I can pretty much guarantee that an agent... Just just let putting out a little statement just to say either let Albion know, for example, that there is interest in his client elsewhere. You want to just maybe, we asked for six grand a week. Maybe you do want to push that to seven grand a week because there's a lot of clubs out there interested in him. Mm-hmm. Or it's the agent saying to clubs, look, there's going to be competition for this lad. This team want him. You should be looking at him. Um, so... I think there's a little bit of agent play definitely going on with Ray Antaluk um, at the moment. But everything we're hearing is that he will commit his future to Albion. So fingers crossed he does because he is definitely a prospect.
0: Certainly is. Right, let's get on to questions from the listeners. Uh, Bryn Reese comes up with the first one. How's the garden looking, Luke? I am nearly dug it all up, but I've got a ton of waste to get rid of. Uh, and I've still got to get the turf. I was going to seed it, but no, I've just against it. Um, Richard Downing, have you ever visited Barnard Castle?
1: Ah oh, man, I saw an hilarious tweet from the Hull reporter yesterday.
0: There's some. Brilliant, uh, there's some. There's been some brilliant tweets over the past he, 72 hours or so.
1: He tweeted like, "I'm really pleased Barnard Castle's getting all this publicity. It really is a lovely spot." <laughs> Um, I thought that was hilarious, absolutely <laughs> hilarious
0: Yeah, it's, it, is, it is interesting isn't it um, Mark's, Mark Hale asked, do you honestly believe the championship season will restart I think we both kind of answered that one Joe
1: Yeah, you've said no and I've massively sat on the fence
0: mm, Cal Haywood uh, Has this break in the season slightly increased our chances of retaining Ferguson and is the offer still on the table?
1: Ah, Nathan Ferguson. One of my favourite topics of conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you know what? I don't know. So, I mean, this is me just talking utter ramble, really. Um, Because I haven't asked the question for... Well, I have, actually. So, from what I've been told, nothing's changed with Ferguson. Mm. Um, We were told that when that move to Crystal Palace broke down, Albion tried again to get his agent into the building and to hold a meeting potentially about staying. They were just told that Ferguson wants to leave. Mm. Um, And those talks hadn't, they certainly before football was suspended weren't happening. I would say that is pretty much that I would say that's the case now Um, that Nathan Ferguson has sort of made his bed. He's annoyed some people Um, he's made his desire to leave, well, his agent has indicated he wants to leave, or made it abundantly clear he wants to leave, Mm. and I think that'll be that. Um, My only thing with it is, so I'm 90% sure he's a gardener, but the the reason why I'm only 90% when I was 100%, but I want to stress, I am still 90%. I I still thoroughly expect him to leave. But the only reason why I'm slightly doubting it is... Because time is a healer, mm. and if there's one thing we've had a lot of, it's time. And True. the 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 other thing is, he just doesn't come across on Twitter as someone who wants to leave.
0: He does tweet, uh, like, some stuff that a boyhood fan tweets, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, so I think, so, well, what I will say Nathan Ferguson's defence is, he hasn't, he's a He's a Man United fan, right? He's a boyhood Man United fan. And I did this story with him. When I first interviewed him, he was, I think he was the first Albion player I interviewed. And I actually said he would to support Albion. And he sort of like winced because it was on the record. And I was like, look, if you don't... And he, 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 he summed it up very, very well. It's always been his dream to play for Albion. It's always mm. been his ambition to play for because he joined the club when he was like eight years old, I think. So you can see, if you sign for a club at eight, your ambition is to play for the be- first team, isn't it? Yeah. His dream growing up has been to break into the Albion first team. That doesn't mean he didn't support Man United. They're two different things. And I think that's been lost along the way somewhat. Just because he dreamed of breaking into the, Al- the Albion team, that's right, he did. And he's also grew up supporting Man United. They're- it's his work life and his private life really mm. is his work ambition and it's not it is I think so I think he's got a bit of a kick in for that um, supposedly turning his back on his boyhood club and this that and the other I, I do get where he's come comes from with that but I mean he's not quiet on Twitter I mean he's not the most prolific by any means but he's not quiet um, and you think every time he used to tweet I used to think oh god what are you doing just keep a low profile mate because you're going to get Powder dear mm. um but he carries on, and he's always so positive about Albion and stuff, and he's always being like bigging up his teammates and he did that podcast the other week where he's very very complimentary about the club, and you just look at anything, ah oh, what I hate blaming agents for things because and i'll say this before 've said this before Nathan ferguson has got to look after himself like, he's, I think he's nineteen years old now, mm. like. Like he's old enough to make his own decisions, he can be badly advised, of course he can Um, but come on, like the buck stops with him, if he wants to he can see what he's got at Albion, which was a huge contract offer, a manager who's got real faith in him, and a side that had a very real chance of getting to the Premier League he's not thick, he can see that that's what he's turning down, what he's walking away from, so I do think he's got to stand up and make these decisions himself, whatever his agent's telling him, but it does sit very, very odd at his tweets compared to, he just doesn't seem desperate to leave and perhaps is being forced into it a little bit I don't know, I don't know it's just Mm. a bizarre one and I I know I say this every time, but he's such a lovely lad, like he is such a lovely lad it's all, it's, it's very, very odd, and I spoke to like, we went I spoke to Luke Dowling about him and And Luke Downing, I spoke to Mark Jenkins, and he's a lovely lad. Everyone Mm. says he's a lovely lad. They can't not say he's a lovely lad. Everything that's gone on, everyone says he's... And you just think, there's just something you can miss here.
0: Doesn't seem quite right, does it?
1: Um, It's just something that you just think, ah, you just want to, like, get your arm around him, really, and just say, come on, mate. But, I don't know, I think it's all gone too far. He's burned his bridges, and it's game over, but... There's just some part of me that
0: wonders. Mm. We will see. Um, Spencer George, do you think the club will look to keep Brunty on after the season finishes as a, in a coaching role similar to Mozart? He's such a great ambassador for the club and a modern day Albion legend.
1: Yeah, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? I think that would be more further down the line than at the end of this season. Um, I think everyone wants him at Albion for the long haul, don't they? because he is just such a legend of a bloke. I mean we did ask him about this when that when the whole move to Stoke fell through, mm. he actually called a press conference you know um, yeah. i don't think I've known that at all. Um, a player say basically, I want to talk to the press so I can get my get explain what happened um, and he just wants to play he just wants to play chris brun he's He's very, very conscious of what age he is. He's very, very conscious that the clock's ticking. He's not got long left. He might have a season. He might have two, whatever it is. He just wants to play if he can. So he will, at the end of this season, I think he will try and continue to play. Um, And hopefully he gets a one-year deal or two-year deal. Something. I mean, probably only a one-year deal. You'd imagine at his age. But hopefully he will get something like that. just so he can prolong his career because that's what he wants that as a person as a man that is what he wants to do he wants to play out and then he said he has thought about coaching he's, he's spoken to like James Morrison about it Bo's Myhill as well and stuff and, but he also said he'd want a break initially mm-hmm. so when he does actually retire he'd like to be able to just spend a bit more time with his family maybe have a nice go on a couple of nice holidays or something and just chill out for a little bit and like rest and recuperate and enjoy all the things that you can't enjoy while you're a footballer. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it'll be like, bang, this season ends, bang, Chris Brunt is an Albion coach. Mm. I think hopefully he'll go elsewhere and carry on playing. I do, because I think that that's what he wants, and I want what he wants. And then, yeah, hopefully further down the line, he'll be back in with the bag
0: James Duffy, would you give Camille Grosicki one more season and any news on Mateus Pereira? I think Mateus Pereira is a question you've probably been asked most about since taking this job.
1: Yeah, so Pereira will sign. We've said it a million times. £8.25 million. Uh He will just sign. He will sign. I can't say anything else than that. He will sign. I've, I've answered it so many times. He, he will sign. Um, krizicki has got signed an 18-month deal anyway in mm-hmm. January. So he will is contracted to the club for next season. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, we're not going to look at the season. We can't even finish this season, can we? So, I'm not, I don't think we can look at the season beyond next season. No. Um, but, yeah, so, Grzicki 18-month deal. Pereira will sign £8.25 million. Um, What I will say is on Pereira, um, there was a story came out about 10 days or so ago from the Sporting Lisbon CEO or whatever saying, basically, they're delighted that Bruno Fernandes left them when he did because if he'd gone after the coronavirus outbreak, Man United would have got him for a lot less money. Mm. I asked sort of cheekily to Albion, would they be, are they a bit tempted now to renegotiate the Pereira deal? Could he be available for less? And they were like, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not, we're not negotiating. Mm. Like that would be taking the mick basically. Um, So on the first, after the first game, when we come back, or if as soon as the season's curtailed, Either or, Albion will make their first payment to make Pereira permanent.
0: Mm. Dan Nash, uh, are you being paid time and a half for this on a nice sunny bank holiday? Uh, we don't get time and a half for bank holiday, do we, Joe? No. Nope. Um, we do get a day in lieu, though.
1: I'm off Wednesday.
0: I'm off Friday.
1: Oh, we could have met up in a park if it was the same day. <laughs> we could have a socially Could distance. have around a round of
0: golf... I'll tell you what. I haven't played golf in years, but you're you're one of the few people I'd ever go with, mate.
1: Ah, oh, that's nice, mate. I'm dreadful.
0: Oh yeah, we'd we'd both be pretty poor. Um, Joe Appleton. With most of the squad likely to be fit ahead of a potential restart, what eleven would you select for the first game back?
1: Ah, uh, so it's got, I mean, it's it's really boring, isn't it? But I think I'd just go with what everyone, whatever the last one was, pretty much. Uh, I suppose the it?
0: only question is 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 Dean
1: yeah, it's Dean Garner for Robinson, isn't it? Yeah. You obviously go in Johnston, O'Shea, Bartley, Ajay. Oh, you'd have Gibbs at left back, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, i tell you what, if he's not fit after this, he's never going to be fit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, harsh on Townsend, but yeah, Gibbs at left back. Stick to the 4-3-3, Soyuz, Livermore, Kravinovic. I mean, we all know my thoughts on how Robson can do. Mateus mm. Pereira is the best player in the, in the division, and then it's just that like left wing and it would be bang harsh if Callum Robinson had to come out for grade Dean there wouldn't it
0: yeah but I tell you what I mean if, when you look at the bench you need someone to bring on either up front or on the wing you got Callum Robinson sitting there
1: absolutely yeah I mean they're both wonderful I mean they're probably Premier League players I mean they're wonderful talents aren't they wonderful talents so mm. yeah I don't know I'd bring in Gibbs probably and then yeah. I'd go Robinson I think just because I can't see how you drop him. I don't, he just he def- definitely doesn't deserve to be dropped based on his last five performances three months ago, whatever it was. Ridiculous. Mm. That was so ridiculous.
0: Peter Rudge, what's Joe's favourite moment covering Albion so far?
1: I, I mean, i said it, I think it. I think it was the Swansea game at home, and just um, that. Just being watching, open-mouthed as Pereira ran absolute rings around them. Mm. And um, Rob Gurney from BBC WM, he won't mind me naming him, like, he, like, we, he's, like he's a mate of mine really, and we talk after every game and stuff and talk it through. And he said he's been, in, like, he's been covering football for like 30 years basically. And he, he, I can't remember what the, what the other one was, but he basically said he'd only seen two performances like it. He said mm. he saw Paolo Di Canio once like, absolutely run a game like that. Um, and I can't remember who he said the other player was but he was literally like, that is that is up there that is definitely top three greatest individual performances I've ever seen so for him to have seen as many games as he has and still hold that performance that high absolutely incredible and it was beautiful to watch, I mean he was playing a different sport, It it was magical
0: it was special um Ian asks if Albion get promoted, do you think they'll be in a better setup than most clubs to cope with the forthcoming financial restrictions that clubs will have to deal with? It seems the TV money bubble has burst, and it's the end of big money transfers for a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't quite know where he's getting that information from. Um,
0: I think it's an, a it's a bit of an assumption that's coming, especially from fans on social media, is that. I do think it'll have a, an effect. Clubs have obviously lost a lot of money this season, so they might not be as willing to spend massive amounts. But, um, you know, if a, you do think nowadays that if a club's got a player and is contracted, the fee that you're going to pay is essentially down to what they decide.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, That this, this is going to change football, and I think fees will come down, and I think wages will come down and I think agent fees in particular will come down um, but I don't think the TV bubble has burst at all I think they've taken massive hits um, but I mean there's been talk that Sky for example even if they don't pay play will allow clubs to keep a percentage of the broadcast money mm. just because they don't want the product when it does come back to be watered down really um, and they want it to keep going Um Look, the truth is there is bucket loads of money in football. So does it make much difference to everyone if someone goes for 50 million instead of 80 or 20 million instead of 30? There are still going to be astronomical transfers and astronomical wages. They might not be as astronomical, Mm. but there's still going to be a hell of a lot of money in the game. A hell of a lot of money in the game. Um, and like I've said, I, I think Albion are, are very, 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 very well run, very, very financially stable. I think they've got their model, which is essentially, let's look, let's be on our talent, let's rely on the talent of Slovan Bilic, let's rely on the talent of Luke Dowlin and let's find gems. Let's mm. buy Shamir Jai for 1.5 million, let's buy Remain Sawyers for 2.9 million, Let's buy Mateus Pereira for a, a total of nine million as well. When you include the loan fee, that's the model they'll continue to go down. Whether, no matter what, really, I think Albion will return very in a very similar, a very similar structure to how they were before all this happened.
0: Mm. James Goodbye, if we were to get promoted, and you can only take six members of the current squad including lone players with you for next season who would they be Joe do you want me to go first or do you want to pop first I didn't
1: see that that's a cracking question six mm. players yeah yeah go on and you go first
0: so for me pen. Um, I'm thinking both on the pitch and in terms of resell value so Mateus Pereira is my number one pick Yeah. Grady Diangano right. is my second pick
1: yeah.
0: A is probably my third pick. Yeah. Sawyers and Livermore. I know Livermore's getting on a little bit, um compared to the rest of them players. Well Saw- Sawyers isn't isn't quite, you know, the the young player that um maybe some people think. Um and then that sixth one is tricky. I think I'd go for Callum Robinson, you know.
1: Yeah, I think, you can't be, I think you shouldn't be allowed both Robinson and Dean Garner because there's no way in a million years they'll both be at the club next season.
0: Oh, but he just said you can take six.
1: Yeah, but I mean, there's a very, very high chance that neither of them will be, but they definitely, definitely won't both be
0: because
1: there's no point. They wouldn't have them both. They only signed Robinson because Dean Garner was injured.
0: If that's the case, if I'm, not, if I'm not allowed to keep one of them, I won't be keeping Robinson... I'll stick with Dean Garner. And then that sixth spot. It's tricky. Maybe i go for Hal Robson Carney.
1: how Robson Carney?
0: Maybe. It'd be between him and Bartley and I have question marks over both of them in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, I go alright. So you've made my decision for me, really. Thinking about it, I go Pereira, Dean Garner, Livermore, Ajay, Sawyer's,
0: Johnston, Johnston. Johnston's a good shout. Safe pair of hands.
1: I was going. The one I'm debating is O'Shea. Mm. Because I think he's got a very
0: bright future. Do you think he's he's Premier League potential?
1: I think, yeah, potential, yeah. Um, But I think Johnston. Johnston. Great question though, James. Yeah, good question that. Um, Also, if you went Johnston, Ajay, Sawyers, Livermore, Diangana, Perera, you've got a good spine there, haven't you?
0: Yeah, solid spine. Paul Garber asks, is the entire squad now fit and available?
1: Well, wow. Bar Ferguson mm. um, and obviously Lecco and Field. But Lecco is nowhere near, but Field, even if he was, is, is close. I think he might even be fit actually now, but he obviously will go back to Charlton. Mm.
0: Uh, Neil Skitt asked a question about votes. We've answered that one already, but thanks for the question, Neil. Um, Macefield. How long would you be willing to queue for a Mackie's drive-through?
1: Ah, good question, and a real insight into my life.
0: <sighs> have you thought? Have you discussed this previously?
1: Well, on Saturday, I really wanted to go get one. <laughs> I said, it was it was about it was about four five o'clock. It, was about, it must have been getting closer to five o'clock. No, actually, yeah, it's probably it's between four and five o'clock. And I wanted to go to McDonald's and buy a, a well, myself a McDonald's and my little girl a Happy Meal mm. just for a treat. Um, and my wife was like, oh, it'll take ages. It was, every parent will be thinking the same. like They'll want to give their little, like, a treat, blah, 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 blah. You'll be in the queue for ages. And she basically talked me out of it and I was a bit gutted. Yeah. Um, I was a bit gutted. I mean, I'll probably queue with a screaming toddler in the back, which elongates every single minute, um, for a good half hour.
0: Half hour? Maybe 40 minutes. See, it's interesting, because for me, queuing for a Mackey's, there's a number of different variables. (laughs) Of course there is. Right. A, am I queuing like... Do you know how some Mackies, like the queue goes into a main road, and then it blocks that road.
1: Oh, yeah! I love how you uh, all. Yeah. You've got Can to take so road? much thought into these questions when you do the football ones.
0: I wouldn't want to sit in a queue on a road. No. I feel like I'm. I'm not helping society by doing that. If it's, if it's in like a retail park, it's a different matter. Um. The weather matters a lot. I think I'd be happy to queue in the rain because I know I'm not going to be doing anything outside. Whereas if it's very sunny, if it's a day like today, I don't want to be cooped up in a car for 45 minutes waiting for a McDonald's.
1: Flurries taste great in the sun.
0: Yeah, they do, though. I'd probably queue for a maximum... uh, Similar to you, probably half an hour is probably my limit. After that, that's a long time to queue for a... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love a Chicken Legend meal, large, with a McFlurry, and some nuggets on the side. (laughs) But it's 45 minutes worth it.
1: It's a damn good point you make about the road, you know.
0: I just saw a video on Twitter the other day of people queuing for a KFC, and it was one of them ones on, like, a, a regular road. It's not even, like, got two lanes. So, like, the queue was just huge. And it just blocked the road up. And I was like, what if an ambulance needs to get through? And I'm just sitting there saying, I'm not moving, I'm getting my McDonald's.
1: Yeah, you would feel like an absolute idiot, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, and there was, like, someone walking and videoing it all. And you could see all the faces of the people in the cars. And they knew that they... You could tell they didn't like being filmed. But at the same time there was a realisation every time they got filmed like every single car they were like oh I'm a bit of an idiot
1: yeah
0: no I can I can I can order some something similar to get delivered
1: yeah
0: so yeah half an hour as long as it's as long as it's not blocking a road
1: yeah good yeah good logic I love maybe, like,
0: maybe maybe 35 40 minutes in the rain we'll see um Theo, favourite film or films of all time? Favourite TV show as well? It's a tough Uh,
1: one. I've watched a lot of great films. I did this thing once where I watched the... Well, not challenge myself, but to watch the the top 50 on IMDb.
0: Oh, yeah, I saw that. I'll tell you what, though. There's some in there which... uh, They've got great reviews from IMDb, but they haven't aged brilliantly.
1: You got any any in particular?
0: I'm talking like your Citizen Canes.
1: Oh yeah, that yeah that is a bit.
0: Um, Back in the day, yeah. I'm sure it was great, but I mean, in 2020, I don't want to be sitting there and watching that.
1: Um, I think my favourite film is The Dark Knight. Great film. Um, I absolutely love Inception.
0: Another good one.
1: And like a cheeky sort of like bit of like one that I think never gets the credit it deserves but I absolutely love it is um, Catch Me If You Can
0: oh what a shout love that film
1: great film isn't it it um,
0: is brilliant it's very smart that film
1: and then like yeah yeah that's I, that's, I think those are my favourites but then I love obviously I love like the godfathers and the usual suspects
0: and yeah yeah um, mm. for me Saving Private Ryan was very good um, there's a lot of films the ones you mentioned are all great films uh, good one for me I enjoy watching uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy
1: oh, I hate them
0: oh no mate back to back to back the extended versions it's no a, I don't get it
1: watch. I don't get it
0: oh no they're too good
1: I mean one of them he literally just goes on a long walk doesn't he
0: oh yeah but it's, it's not it's not about the destination it's about the journey along the way mate <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can't be doing with it. Yeah, it's not for me, that.
0: I'm, I'm disappointed, but I'll accept your opinion. I'll accept your opinion, it's subjective. Um, Lee asks uh, Oh, this comes off the back of a tweet which I put out yesterday. Joe, I don't know whether you saw this. Oh, no, I didn't see it. I had a discussion at home. Uh, as you can tell, my Twitter feed is a very serious place during lockdown. Discussion at home. I said that the chocolate digestive is the best biscuit money can buy. Um, I put out a poll. Someone's followed that up by asking, what's Joe's favourite biscuit?
1: Um, so, my wife will hate me for telling the story, but she's like an absolute savage when it comes to chocolate digestive. She won't let me buy them. Because she not? just can't, like, she can't not eat a packet, basically. She oh. She's on, like, dieting all this, that, and the other. And, I uh, yeah, bought a packet yesterday, and she's like, there's not been any left for me. <laughs> and she has a go at me for buying them. She's savage. Um,
0: They're a great biscuit though. They're a great biscuit
1: though. They're very, very hard to be beaten. Very, very hard to be beaten. I agree. Um, I do very much like just a very simple like ginger biscuit. Oh right, okay. Big fan of that, especially if you're having it with a coffee. Fair. Uh, And I
0: like an Oreo. Oreo, solid, solid shout. A lot of people called for a chocolate hobnob. Custard creams were up there as well. Bit average for me. For me, though, a digestive, chocolate digestive. You need the right mug for it. I'm going to go into my analytical mode. You need the right mug for it because a lot of a lot of teacups and mugs won't take a full digestive. But what you got to do then is you've got to kind of dunk it, nibble that end bit, and then you get a full dunk. Yeah. Um, that's what you need to do. Uh, last one, um, and it's another food one. It's from Camisa Bagley. What's your favourite pizza topping?
1: I've talked about this before, like, we, when we get, do the make-your-own pizzas, well I said, I think we've got it absolutely nailed. So, cheese and tomato, but you add on spicy beef, pepperoni, peppers, and mozzarella cheese.
0: Solid pizza.
1: You can't beat that pizza. I And if any, you can't beat it. If no one's had that pizza, honestly, go and try it. It is the best pizza.
0: Uh, Left-field choice for me. I love a meat-feast pizza, so the more meat on a pizza, the better. One of... The best pizza I've ever had, though, had Donner meat on it.
1: Oh, yeah, you have said that. That's grim, I think.
0: Oh, it was brilliant. Never experienced anything like it in my life. Um, I didn't expect it. I ordered it. It was at a place near where I studied for university. Ordered the meat feast, came delivered, and it had Donner meat under the cheese. I was, this literally blew my mind. I, I went down there the next time I saw them. I went and picked it up in person just to say... You've changed my life. You never? I did.
1: You actually went back?
0: No, no, not the same day when I next ordered a pizza, so maybe a week later. Oh, right. I went there and I was like, I'll I'll order it for collection this time. Uh, And I got chatting to him. I was like, mate, that changed my life when I saw it. I've never had a pizza before with meat on. Now, everywhere I go, I ask in the notes, can you add meat? I'll pay for it.
1: You well on your own, aren't
0: you? Oh, mate, try it, try it, and you'll nah, see.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not trying that. Not right. To be
0: fair, you wouldn't. You, you don't even try soup or any I'm half the places you go for food. I have soup. What soup was one you didn't like? Stew. Stew. I don't like stew. Oh man! In I'm the not winter, from, I'm nothing not, better. I'm
1: not, I'm not from the 1930s. I don't have to rely on stew to keep me going.
0: <laughs> True. Uh, right, Joe. That just about does us. <laughs>
1: ah pleasure as always how long have we been today one Just hour what? 12 minutes i can't believe we're one hour and 12
0: minutes we literally did no planning for this podcast either
1: let's talk about the efl vote that was it wasn't it
0: yeah talk about the efl vote and then we'll cover some questions it should only be about 45 minutes <laughs> Brilliant. and then you got um, talking
1: about food again
0: oh as always mate you know what this podcast is like uh as always guys thanks for listening uh guys and girls sorry thanks for listening um If you get a chance, drop us a review and a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, But for now, bye-bye from me and bye-bye from Mr. Joe Massey. Goodbye.